The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good evening, everyone. Um, I want to speak this evening about gratitude. And it's just come up for me, just particularly because of coming into this holiday season, it seems like a lot of these you know, Christmas spirit and holiday type qualities are getting tossed around and talked about a lot, as it is every year. Joy, generosity, love, you'll hear gratitude, all of these kind of qualities. Sometimes, uh, actually several times in the last few weeks, I've heard people say, you know, we, why do we have to have a special time of year to focus on or accentuate these qualities? You know, we should, hopefully we would want to be loving and joyous and generous and grateful, you know, all the time, or at least try to, you know, work on those qualities. And I agree with that. But also I think it does... It seems quite natural. It happens in cultures just all over the world. And it's always been this way that, that we, we do ritualize things and take special days or times of year and everything to really, you know, kind of make a ritual of things. So that, that makes, you know, seems, um, makes, you know, perfect sense to me that we would want to highlight it in a particular time of year. I live in the East Bay and there's a, restaurant called Cafe Gratitude there and I think there might be one in San Francisco or yeah some people are nodding Uh, I haven't been to it although it might be nice to check it out it sounds interesting and from what I've heard um, the menu some some of you may have seen it but there'll be things like I'm making this up so but just to give you the idea that might be like you know I am grateful grapefruit or something like so there'll be things like that they'll have kind of cute uh, little names of the dishes like that. Uh, but they're all kind of pointing towards gratitude and, and open-heartedness and feeling connected with other people and with, with the world and with life and that sort of thing. And it was interesting because um, just a week or two ago, talking to someone I know, and, and I was just reflecting about gratitude. It's just been up for me. Lately, and he was saying that, and I thought it was very interesting. He said, um, "Cafe gratitude makes him grouchy and angry." And I thought, it was, "Well, that's kind of interesting because to me, it's, it seems like a nice concept, even though I haven't been, you know, to the restaurant. I don't know how the food is or anything, but it seemed like kind of a nice thing." And so I asked him about it, and, and he and he was joking. He said, "You know, he said, I want to have a restaurant that's like." Not I'm grateful, grapefruit, but like I'm grouchy, grapefruit. Or, you know, uh, he was, one was when he says like, back off burgers or, you know, it was all kind of had an edgy attitude, sort of negative. And he was being a little humorous about it, but I, he was really kind of getting a little grouchy around it. And I said, I was asking, well, what is it about that? You know, and it, he said something like, well, I, it's like they're telling me I'm supposed to be grateful, you know, and, and I don't like them telling me and how I'm supposed to be. And it, there's this sort of should or supposed to in there. And I thought that was pointing to something very uh, important, right? Um, so I'll come back to that in a, f- in a few moments. 
I recently was hearing a news report, as we tend to uh, uh, throughout the year, but you tend to hear a lot of these at this time of year, about homeless person who um, hadn't eaten for a couple of days and he was finally getting a meal. And um, you know, two days without eating, he's probably, you know, it's pretty hungry. And somehow it reminded me of a time when I was first starting my meditation practice in the early, actually began my practice in 1970, and I spent a couple of years living in a yoga ashram. Uh, in my early days of practice, I, was, I, I moved into the Buddhist world kind of in the mid to late 70s, but in my early years, I was in a Hindu-oriented yoga tradition. And kind of a, it had some similarities, but it's a different scene. And um, it was a meditation ashram, and one of the... Um, practices you would take on would be uh, fasting. And there was a number of reasons, you know, it was was as an austerity just to take that on kind of as a discipline and it was thought of to be a purification for the body and the mind and the soul. There's lots of different reasons behind it. And I remembered a time when I was um, also fasting for a couple of days and I was pretty hungry. And I, but also I was in this, um, my heart was just, I, I may be slightly idealizing it as I look back, but I do, I do remember uh, really feeling a sense of, you know, there were times when it's like, oh, I just want something to eat, but, but also uh, a sense of happiness and joy and, and really had a sense of gratitude for this opportunity to be meditating and practicing, even though I was having these unpleasant feelings around hunger, but my attitude towards it was one of openness and spaciousness and and tremendous gratitude just for the opportunity to practice. I think without a doubt, this person I was hearing the news story, the homeless person, probably didn't have that kind of attitude about having not eaten for a couple of days, right? It's a real different thing. Same experience of hunger, different relationship with it, and it makes sense, of course, if I'm by choice, you know, in an ashram, and it, right, I could stop whenever I want, right? I could just go get a sandwich if, or whatever, right? I was taking it on, and I was consciously bringing a certain attitude. It's a real different situation in, the, in this other case. When I look at um, the poly language texts, which our tradition is mostly um, influenced by a lot of different um, Buddhist traditions, but primarily comes out of the Pali language tradition. I don't see gratitude in there at all. I don't think the Buddha talks about gratitude. Now, it could be in there. I'm fairly well read in the Pali literature. Now, maybe something's in there that I'm just not remembering or, you know, it's tucked away in there that I, I've missed. So it's possible something it could be in there. But I don't think it's in there. And, and actually, in fact, the fact that, as I say, I think I'm fairly well read and, I'm, and I can't remember it. It, it. At the very least, it's certainly not emphasized and it's, it might be off in the corner somewhere. Now, there may be other Buddhist traditions that I, I, I'm less familiar with where, where it's in there, but certainly in the, this old 
Pali tradition's not in there, so that's kind of interesting. Buddha just wasn't talking like that. So I see gratitude as really more of a of an innovation in a sense that I don't mean that in any negative sense that as you know as the Dharma as Buddhism's come into our culture take you know often in the Dharma scene you'll hear gratitude talked about and equality gets talked about which I think is is, is a good thing yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, some of these innovations uh, you know throughout the you know as soon as the just after the Buddha died people started you know, interpreting the teachings according to their own understanding. And as the Dharma moved into different cultures, it natu- naturally sort of melded with, with the wisdom, the, the, the indigenous wisdom, if you will, and kind of would come up with a new form. And that's, of course, happening again here. I think it's one of the strengths and the beauties of Buddhism because the Buddha, remember, was not trying to teach a particular dogma what he was interested in is what worked. That's why there's so many different practices, so many ways to meditate, you know, just even in the Pali tradition. It's quite a range of teachings and practices and approaches. Because the Buddha, you know, there weren't any scriptures back there or anything. There was just the Buddha, it was just this guy going around and he would encounter a particular individual or a group. And then it was just, well, what's needed? What's skillful action or what would help in this situation with this person to move them from suffering to freedom. So he was a pragmatist, you know, of what, what will work. And so naturally, that's one of the, I think, the powers of, of the Dharma is it can go into different cultures, right? What works in one culture doesn't necessarily fit in another. So here we are, and there's parts of Western psychology that are coming in, and we're actually, it's, it's a really historical anomaly that we can be exposed, even within the Buddhist world, just to quite such a range of teachings. You know, so this comes out of the Theravada tradition, insight meditation, but really, you know, you could, there's probably been Zen teachers here and Tibetan teachers, or you can just go down the street and meet them. You know, it used to be, not that long ago, if you wanted to go, if you were in one of these Theravada uh, countries, and you wanted to go hang out with the Tibetans, if, even if you knew they existed, you know, it would take you six months. You'd have to, like, ride a donkey and paddle on a canoe and whatever. And, you know, three years later, if, if assuming you're alive, you, would, you could come back and talk about your, right? Now, if you've got a credit card and a passport, in 24 hours, you could be in Thailand or what, you know, right? Well, I don't know if they opened the airports yet in Thailand. That's a bad example. <laughs> but, um, right. So it's, it's really a great opportunity. And of all these different approaches, and I like to see it all as skillful means. So how does gratitude fit in with this then? Um, It's not always appropriate, but it can be because we all know that there are times in our lives when we might naturally feel a sense of gratitude towards a situation or just just in a general sense. And it can really um, pull us out of sort of a narrow, constricted experience we're in sometimes. It can kind of open us up and we feel more spacious and loving. So it can really um, move us out of... of, um, places where we don't even see sometimes when we're caught up in something to kind of letting go in a freedom 
in a situation. So we've all probably all experienced that. And if we don't naturally feel it, we can take it on sometimes as a practice to remember, right? We, it was Jim mentioned that I do some work in uh, some schools in Oakland and, um, you know, we go in and teach these um, elementary from kindergarten through up fifth grade, sometimes sixth grade. And we go a lot. We go to all kinds of schools, uh, but we tend to focus more on the um, uh, I guess you call them inner city schools, the, the schools, the populations that have been underserved. And, you know, a lot of those kids, um, some of them come from, you know, good homes and a lot of them are coming in from difficult situations. And sometimes we'll talk about gratitude and uh, we mostly do mindfulness, but we talk about these other qualities of loving kindness and gratitude. And um, sometimes, you know, it's not easy for them to know what I'm not that grateful, you know, in a bad situation. But all of us can. I think the trick here is, is that we don't want to if we're if we're working with this concept of gratitude, we don't want to invalidate our suffering and say, oh, I'm supposed to feel good and happy and nice. And it's 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 not real because what's actually happening, I'm in a really difficult situation here. So the starting point, I always think, for everything, is, is what's actually real and hap- happening in, in our moment, in, the, in general, in our lives at any time. And being very genuine and as honest with ourselves as we can. And then the question is, from that starting point, what is useful for us? Again, to move us from suffering to a place of freedom concept of gratitude isn't always appropriate. Obviously, going the reason I brought up this example of, that I'd heard about the homeless person in there, I don't know that I would, if I were talking to that person, I'm making up a story here because I don't know the details of, uh, of that story. You know, probably you wouldn't want to, you know, point out all the, it's not appropriate. What's needed is, it's like, you know, give the guy a sandwich, you know. Probably needs a place that's safe. You know, I was thinking the last few nights, it's been pretty cold out. And, and I always particularly think about people who are on the streets. I don't know what it is when it's really cold. It just really comes in my mind even more. Um, you know, I try not to forget in general that there are people in difficult circumstances during the times when I'm, you know, we've all had suffering in our lives. And in the times when maybe I'm not in so much suffering and life's going well, um, you know, it's easy to fall into the trance and forget that that's not how it is for everybody. So I try to, to keep that in mind. Particularly when it gets cold out at night, it just seems to really highlight it for me. You know, right now, so I'll, it's, I'm in my home, it's nice and warm and cozy, and maybe I need to take the garbage out. So I go outside and it's like, wow, it's really, the cold's got a little bite to it. Of course, we're in the Bay Area, which tends to be kind of mild, but you know, so we're kind of. Uh, wimps here because if it goes, you know, I think we've sometimes I joke like there's this like 15 degree temperature range. We've devolved. That's all we can survive in. If it gets too hot or too cold, we can't take it. But, uh, you know, if it gets, I don't know what it's in the 40s. It seems like it was pretty cold the last few nights. I really think about, you know, people who just don't have an option. Like they don't, they're not walking back in 30 seconds later after having dumped off the garbage. They're doing the best they can. And I don't know so much out here, but um, you know, on the East Coast, you know, there'll be news reports that come from time to time about, you know, someone froze to death that night on the street. You know, it got down like really super cold as it can there. 
So what's needed there is something very different. Right? There may be times for those people where, where it could be helpful to reflect on gratitude too, depending on the circumstances. I'm not saying they, they, it would never be appropriate. So now, um, when is it appropriate? Well, we have to reflect on that uh, for all of us. And of course, we're a big group here and um, we don't, we're not going to do this, of course. We don't have time. But you know, if we were to go around... Um, some of us probably are, it, there'll be a range of how everybody's doing in life right now. So there'll be people here, I guarantee you, in this room tonight who life's going pretty well and things are great. Not struggling, suffering, it's just life's pretty good. And there'll be a whole range and spectrum and there'll be people, there are people here tonight, I'm just, I don't know, I mean, I know this for a fact, given just the size of the group, who are actually dealing with quite challenging circumstances could be quite a range of things, struggling around money. And I don't want to get people stirred up here, but I'm just trying to say, you know, you can or it could, you know, relationship issues and, and, and for family dynamics and health. I mean, there wouldn't surprise me to have a few people who are really where something quite life threatening is, is really right in you know, your face. And, you know, and so what, there's going to be a range of how it is for us. And all of us have had suffering. So we know that and I hope we've all experienced happiness and joy sometimes in our life. My wish is hope for a lot, but you know it's going to vary for all of us. So I think what's needed is is to be as honest as we can when we're starting to think in terms of gratitude because as Dharma practitioners, we have a special opportunity here. Now if you're new to this and you've just come in here tonight, you may not realize this, but um, so this might be new. I don't know if you're brand new. You know, sometimes we come to meditation practice and we might have an idea that, well, I want to get inner peace and happiness and bliss and that's what it's about, which is true. The pathway to that, though, um, can vary depending on what's, again, what's needed and the emphasis. But oftentimes, part of what's important and what gets emphasized, of course, in Buddhism is suffering. And the, the reason that that gets a lot of emphasis is because if we want to free ourselves from our suffering, I'm talking about the things that we can control. You know, there's, there's the suffering that you're not going to free yourself from, right? You can't do anything about it. The things we can work with, whether it's the actual situation and changing it or it's our attitudes, how we're relating with our experience and relating with our suffering, that's an important place to look. If we want to free ourselves from our suffering, we need to understand it. And if we need to understand it, how do you understand something? You experience it. You come to know it. You don't just automatically, habitually pull away every time something's difficult. So we have an opportunity here because that's consciously what we're taking on as part of what, what this practice is about. Right? You know, what do we do when we come here to meditate? We sit down, we try to hold our body reasonably still in a relaxed way. You could keep your eyes open or closed, but in our tradition here, we, most people sit with their eyes closed, and you're bringing your awareness inward. You're actually, over time, cultivating some ability of the mind to stay steady and stable and strengthening mindfulness. And what are we doing? We're turning the attention right into our own mind and body experience. What's the point of doing that? It's to come to know ourselves well. 
What are we coming to know? Well, we're coming to know the full range of our experience as beings and also how we're relating with our experience so we can learn to let go of our suffering. Right? So we might start easy. We might start with, okay, I'm sitting here meditating and, gee, my knee's a little achy or my back's bothering me a little bit. Right? Well, sometimes you want to stretch your knee out or, you know, stretch out your shoulders a little and get your back feeling better. You can fix the situation. That's okay. You should do that sometimes out of compassion for yourself. But if we always do that every time we have any difficulties, we never learn to find the freedom in the midst of that difficulty. So before it's the worst it can get, just once a little bit, I might choose maybe not to move right away. For example, I'm, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying as an example, I may sit and say, okay, let me, let me connect with this knee pain here. Okay, unpleasant, unpleasant, unpleasant. You know, stabbing, pulling, tearing, I'm noting it. You know, but as many of you, maybe, maybe most or all of you know, it, to a certain point, there can be quite an unpleasant experience and the heart and mind can be, quite, can be at ease and at peace. And just happy. That's an inner peace. Right? I, wouldn't, I couldn't learn to find that in the midst of that difficulty, or if I can use the word suffering, might be a little strong word, but in that unpleasant situation, unless I'm able to turn towards the unpleasant, turn towards my suffering. Right? Now, if you, we don't, generally don't, Start with the most difficult situation. Sometimes you don't have a choice, right? Sometimes life hasn't asked you your opinion. And you get what you get. And then you work with it the best you can. As we're practicing, what's happening is we're slowly expanding the range of experiences that we can be present with and be free in the midst of both the pleasant and the unpleasant, right? If whatever going, so I'm just bringing this back to um, to gratitude. If the experience is not too much for us, and this is a judgment call, and we're able to be present with it and work with it, right? We don't pull away. We really actually do the opposite. Really, you know how when you're driving, they talk about. If the car and it's an icy road and you start to skid, right? What do they say to do? You're supposed to turn into the skid, into the direction of the right. The op, what your inclination is, go the other way, but it makes it worse. So in a sense, it's like that, right? If the the habitual tendency is the difficulty comes up, and it's like you know I'm going the other way. Get me away from this, not this, right? Look, if you're having a difficult situation and you can fix it, fix it. If you can change it, of course, nobody's saying don't change it. Sometimes you'll be able to bring down the intensity or completely get away from some difficulty, and sometimes you won't be able to. Right? So we'll, we can keep doing that. You don't have to stop. But... In the midst or throughout through it all, let's start to pay attention to our attitudes of mind or how we're relating to what's ever going on. Right? If we can change the situation and it's not out of a habitual, reactive 
or aversive mind, but just out of trying, you know, taking care of ourselves, that's fine. Working in this way, bringing gratitude in, in the times when we're not having suffering can help, you know, open our hearts and minds. But even when there's difficulties, there may be places where it's appropriate actually to bring in some gratitude and remember, uh, you know, and again, it's not invalidating our real suffering, but it's bringing an extra, a bigger perspective in too, right? Remember just a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if something was going on and I was just kind of in a, kind of a contracted mind state and feeling just a little grumpy or something. I was kind of just going through the day and, and, I wasn't. I it did it for a little bit of time. It, I, I was caught. I wasn't seeing what was happening until my wife, in her um, kindly way, which is great, uh, you know, just pointed out to me because you know, and and basically she's just pointing to which, it, which, and all she had to do was say it, and then I saw it. Right? We all have times when we get caught, and, and but somebody else can look in and see. Sometimes it colors our whole perception. But I wasn't seeing just that there was grumpy mind state coming up and uh, it's coloring my perception. It's just everybody really was being an idiot, you know, or whatever. Was, uh, <laughs> didn't see that it was my mind. And what do we do when we, when we wake up out of the trance and realize what's going on? Sometimes that's enough and it just lets, self-liberates and lets go. And sometimes we might want to bring some active positive energy in and work with it and see now that I see what's going on oh I need to shift my mind state around here right because I don't even remember why why I was grumpy it's just you know these things happen right sometimes these mind states come and go and so I remember I was working with it just because gratitude happens to be be up for me like I say these these last few weeks and so I was working with that particular uh, quality but I was still kind of feeling grumpy. And then I, uh, my wife was trying to help me. And she said, well, you know. And I said, you know, I'm just not. Things are going well. And I know in my mind that, you know, I, there's a lot to be grateful. But I'm not feeling it. You know, it's just I'm not feeling it. It's not working. And so she said, well, you know, like what happened when you got up this morning? I said, well, you know, I went and I don't know. I got up like every do day and got up and got a drink of water. She goes, well, you know. You know there's a billion people on this planet who either don't have access to safe drinking water or you know, they have to walk, whatever, five miles to get to the well and maybe it's even kind of iffy what the quality of the water is. Just changed my whole... You know, normally, how much do you pay attention when you turn the faucet, right? But pretty much almost every home, even if you don't live in that nice of a home. You know, you turn on the faucet, there's clean, safe drinking water coming out. You don't have to worry about it. You know, we can always find a way if we can just get something to catch for us there and it can, with the gratitude. And all of a sudden, I'm just, I, it just shifted my whole mind around. And of course, I needed a little help there. I needed my, an outside force, my wife, to kind of help me. So sometimes we need some help. The point I'm trying to make around this is, is that there's not a should on feeling gratitude. I don't think there should be a should on anything. You just have whatever your experience is. But the willingness to uh, look honestly at ourselves and, to, and, and that's part of what our practice is, is to just to start to be able to see 
the places we weren't aware of more and more so we can see how the mind's working. And then um, it's a question of having the tools at our disposal. You know, we want to have a lot of tools in our toolkit, you know, wise and skillful means, right? And knowing what will work. When is it a time to bring gratitude in? When is it not appropriate? You know, that's kind of the art of coming to know ourselves. So we're not going to get it perfect all the time. But more and more, we can start to work with this and other of these qualities that kind of help us then something about uh, what will help us just letting go and relaxing into our experience. And there's going to, and we want to acknowledge that there's going to be the times when, even though we're, you know, we're Dharma practitioners and we're all, everybody in here is a meditator, or you wouldn't have, right, by definition, because you came to a meditation group. So, um, you know, even though we may want to take this on and have a good intention and, and a good motivation and aspiration around uh, letting go of our suffering and opening our hearts and quieting our minds and maybe working with gratitude or other qualities. Still to have the wisdom to know, you know, sometimes it's still just not happening or it's not appropriate. And sometimes we can even see our suffering, see that the mind's clinging around it, see it all clearly and still for some reason it's just not letting go, not letting go. And if you've done everything you can, tried all these gratitude and compassion, love, everything, and you still can't let go of your... You can't fix the situation. So you're kind of stuck with whatever it is. And you're not able to come to peace in the midst of it. Well, those are the times when we're going to suffer. No other way out, right? Can't change it, can't get away from it, and you can't let go around it. Gratitude didn't work. Love didn't. It's just not happening. Well, those are the times we're going to suffer. We need a lot of compassion for ourselves in those times. We need a lot of compassion for ourselves all the time. But that's when it really... <laughs> we need a lot of compassion for those times when we are going to suffer. Right? And it is a lot of suffering when it really gets bad and you can't you can't work with it so hopefully we're all learning remember this is a a path leading to the end of suffering so thinking about the suffering and talking about these times and recognizing that we all have the difficulties that's that's not the end that's meant to be the first step you know all this talk in buddhism about suffering and difficulty and everything it's not the end that's the beginning that's step one And it only has one use in the service of coming to a freedom, a liberation, this deep joy and happiness, back to really these holiday qualities, right? You know, my daughter, I have a grown daughter, and um, I'm Jewish, so I I have um, just what, just Christmas is just neutral to me. I just, there's just no, I don't have a negative negative attitude, but it's just, It's there. <laughs> but my daughter's mother was, is not Jewish, and she was raised with 
the Christmas magic as a kid. And, you know, I didn't get that. Like in Hanukkah, it was like, Hanukkah's actually pretty cool. You know, you get the seven lights. But really, it's like, you know, almost everyone's like in Christmas and they're, you're kind of just, I don't know, you're just sort of outside of that. And, you know, with my daughter, as soon as it starts getting near Thanksgiving, she just gets happy. And she says, it's Christmas. She's going around and she's got her house decorated. She smells the trees and she's just happy for three months. (laughs) It's just the conditioned, uh, habitual pattern of the mind. Really, I think what the maybe one way to think about it is um, that what you know, what would it be like to be in in, um, say, the mind of a Buddha? I I don't know. But we all know we've every one of us have tasted the mind that's um, that's kind of free, that's open, that's spacious, that's peaceful. Right. That's loving, that's kind and all of that. It feels good. Where we're not clinging around things, and, and, and it's not like we have to be in this, you know, uh, active state of joy. But when we're not clinging around something, and just the mind's letting go of it, it's very peaceful. It feels great, right? So maybe um, one way to think about uh, Dharma practice is sort of, you know, keeping alive that that holiday spirit time, but as as a real living presence for us, just more and more and more, all right? So when it's I don't know. After, you know, it's after New Year's and then there's kind of a long, sometime in the spring, there's a long chunk before you start getting holidays, right? Before Memorial Day and um, maybe there's President's Day in there or something. So maybe keep it alive through all those times. Well, it's five minutes to nine. And um, I had meant to just open it up for just discussion or in the group, and um, I went too long. So um, we just don't have time. So I apologize for that. You know, sometimes I make it back, and, t- and sometimes <laughs> I don't. I, d- I didn't write a talk out. I just. Do you remember what it was? Well, so we're. Well, we'll both just let it go, right? No, I talked about that because it was should. Oh, was that what I was coming back? Okay. Yeah. Well, let's just say this. The whole talk, basically, I had one main point, which was that it happened of all the different kind of Dharma topics that one can talk about. It happened that the idea of gratitude was up for me. So I wanted to just talk about that because it just had some juice in my own life. And in particular, as I was reflecting on it, this idea of well, when is it, it's, it, that it definitely has a place that can serve us well. And, you know, when are the times when it can serve us well and when is it not? And just to, just to name that probably everybody knows that it doesn't serve us well all the time. You know, there are going to be times when you walk into Cafe Gratitude and you really do you, you just can't do it. It's, it's just, you know, you really are just like, you know, don't mess with me, muffin, you know, kind of. 
but those, that's the time if we can, if, you know, it's okay. Right? We don't have to not be a human being if we can bring the awareness into those times. Maybe it's, gratitude's not what's happening right there, but just to, is a real difference from just being in it and not even knowing you're in it and you're just, you know, everybody's just, uh, versus, oh, I see that the mind's kind of in a nasty space or grumpy or whatever right now. And, wow, okay, how does that feel? Oh, it doesn't feel like good in the body. Oh, what's going on in the mind? How am I relating with that? You know, and starting to work with it. Well, let's do this to end. Uh, we don't have time to do a, I assume you normally do a meta, closing meta, something like that. And it varies, okay. What I'd like to do, I mean, we literally have maybe uh, three minutes I would like to invite you to, um, if you're not comfortable physically, to get as comfortable as your body will let you get, whatever that is. Sometimes our bodies don't let us get very comfortable, and that'll be how it is for you. And then, um, you know, often in talks it can happen, it may or may not have happened for you, that our minds kind of go out into the, we, get, we sort of go out of ourselves into the concepts or into the room, uh, you know, whether we like or dislike or whatever, what's hap- what was going on in the talk. So if that's happened, just let your awareness connect back into your body. And to just connect with wherever. There may not be much going on, just a general sense of the body, or there may be some experiences, pleasant or unpleasant. And then also connecting the body, but also whatever's going on in the heart and the mind. You know, there may have been things that came up, it may be in this talk that you kind of liked, or maybe there's parts that you just didn't like it, or whatever, you know, and just so connecting, or things you've brought into the evening going on in your life. And so not only bringing the mindfulness into whatever your experience is, but also giving some attention to how you're being with or how you're relating to your experience right now. And see if there can just be a a sense of accepting or or allowing, you know, or it's kind of a place of non-interference, just letting your the experience of your being just unfold. If there's something going on in your experience that you're not able to be present with and not able to accept or allow, then bring some acceptance to that place in you. And then finally to end, uh, which is as a dedic- what's called the dedication of merit. Merit is just meaning if there's been any um, positive qualities Uh, good energy, wholesome qualities, goodness, or sometimes we'll say merit, that's come about from our time together this evening. Let us offer it up. May it be for the benefit and liberation of all beings. Wishing may all beings everywhere be happy and peaceful and may all beings everywhere 
come to an end of suffering. So thank you all very much. It was nice to be able. I'm sorry it was because Gil was sick, but uh, it was nice. To, I haven't been here for actually I haven't been here since before. It's been quite a while. So I have the new it's really beautiful. It came out great. So it's nice to hang out with you all.